0: Second Samuel chapter twenty-two. Chapter twenty-one. We have the story of the Givonim. David hands over the people that he chooses, members of Saul's family. The Givonim demand members of Saul. Saul himself is dead, but they want to be handed over. Seven people from Saul's family, and they're going to kill those seven people in return for the fact, as punishment for the fact that Saul had killed them. And Saul had invited right the shvuah. and they said in chapter twenty one, verse six, tanu Shiva anashim ibanav, And David does that. So that's the beginning of this coda, this separate section. But is it actually a separate section? It is a separate section, but it's not only a separate section. What's interesting, before we get to chapter 22, which is part of this coda, is that chapter 21 follows chapter 20. Now in chapter 20, that was the rebellion of 10 tribes. 10 tribes leave David's camp, Israel they called, and they are under the leadership of a fellow named Sheva ben Bechri. Sheva Ben-Bichri runs off into a city. The city of Avail Mechola takes refuge there. And Yoav, David's commander-in-chief, who has been deposed by David. But Yoav, nonetheless, kills the one David has appointed and leads the troops and besieges the city. He besieges the city and he's surrounding the city with an army. And it looks like Jove intends to enter the city. He has his men, and they throw up a siege mound against the city. It stood against the ramparts, and the, the battering the wall. And in chapter 20, a wise woman appears, an Isha Chachama. We have in the book of Shmuel, on three different occasions, a wise woman, Isha Chachama two places is actually called the wise woman, and there's also Abigail Abigail, who's also wise, and she says, what are you trying to do? Are you Are going to destroy a city? And Yoav says, no, God forbid, we don't want to destroy the city, but there's one guy, there's one villain there, one person who has raised his hand against the king, who's rebelled against the king. We want just to kill him. We don't want to harm anybody else. So the woman says, wait here and she talks to the people of the city and they kill Sheva ben Bechri and they throw his head over the wall and Yoav is satisfied and there's no war and Yoav leaves and the rebellion is quelled. Now what's interesting is that's chapter 20. The Koda begins in chapter 21 and there's an interesting distinction between what happens in chapter 20 and 21. In chapter 20 Yoav chooses a particular person. And the particular person that he chooses, he chooses for a good reason. He's not choosing an arbitrary person. There's one person who's guilty. There's one person who rebelled against the king. That's the person we want. We want just the guilty party. So they choose that guilty party, they kill the guilty party, and there's no war. Everybody else is saved. But in chapter 21, it's interesting, David himself chooses the people. The givonim don't choose. David makes the choice to the degree that it says David chose seven, but he, he did not choose Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth, because he's Jonathan's son. So he's making the choice. The question about these kind of situations, is one permitted to make those kind of choices from an ethical standpoint, is the subject of the Talmud. The Talmud Yerushalmi discusses exactly this situation, under what conditions you can choose, hand over one person or will kill everybody. What is the right decision? What is the ethical decision? And one of the critical factors is who is the person who's being chosen? Is, is it a specific person? And is that specific person a guilty party in some sense or not? So what's interesting is that the coda of chapter 21, which has David choosing, is in striking contrast To the story that appears before it, which suggests to us, as students of the book, that this coda is not to be read as a separate piece, which happens to be appended to the book, but somehow the coda is deeply related to what transpires throughout the book. Chapter 22 and the beginning uh, of chapter 23, of course, are two songs. They are not identical songs. The first one, which is our chapter. Chapter 22 begins, Vaidaber David, Lashem, Hashem, Mikav David addressed the words of this song to God after God had saved him from the hands of all his enemies and from the hands of Shaul. The first verse discriminates between all the enemies, Ko'evav, and Shaul. As to suggests, Saul is not his enemy. He is David's enemy. He wants to kill David. And a good part of the book is dedicated to Saul chasing after David. But actually, the verse takes pains to separate Saul from the enemies. The enemies of David, the other enemies are enemies of Israel. Saul is not the enemy of Israel. Saul actually was a great king of Israel. And what emerges from the book of Shmuel, at least one kind of description that emerges, he was the great unifier of the Jewish people. He defeated all the enemies. He was a courageous warrior. David eulogizes Saul after his death. So yes, Saul was endangering David. He would have killed David. On more than one occasion, he tried to. But the verse discriminates. And this song over here of chapter 22 begins with a long description, a thanksgiving psalm, I would call it, a praising of God, who has saved David in all kinds of dangerous situations. He's been surrounded by death, he's found himself in incredibly difficult situations, and as students of the book of Shmuel, we know that. There were many occasions where David was almost killed, both in terms of Saul, in the cave, and the story of Tziklag, David comes back and the city has been captured by Amalek, David finds himself alone, his own family's been captured, his troops are against him, they want to kill him. There were all these kind of situations where David finds himself in very deep trouble, sort of reflected in some of the Psalms that we read, which refer back to those stories. So the first part of chapter 22 talks about the God who has saved David, God as David's champion, saved David from violence, saved David from the breakers of death, from terrifying situations encircled by the enemies, cried out to God and God helped and saved David, delivered David. That's the first part of chapter 22 and the song ends on a similar note. God is my lamp, God lights up my darkness, God has helped David in particular in times of war, in the battlefields, etc. Et in the middle of this song it's interesting that the middle of the song, David makes statements about himself. For example, uh, in verse 20, God rewarded me according to my, uh, God brought me to freedom, Uh, God rescued me because God was pleased with me, then it continues in verse twenty-one. God rewarded me according to my merit. God requited the cleanness of my hands. Kitzit kati, kebar yaday yashivli, kishamarti derchei I have kept the ways of God. Lo roshati mi I have not been guilty, not been wicked before God. Kikol negdi. I am mindful of God's rules. The lo asur mi I have not departed from God's laws. I have been blameless before God. I have guarded myself against sinning. God has requited my merit. According to, the, to my purity. With the loyal one, you deal loyally. With the blameless hero, blamelessly. With the pure you act in purity, and with the perverse you are wily. So these verses, certainly it does reflect, and this is true, David's deep commitments to God. On the other hand, to say that I have never strayed, I've always been blameless, and not sinned before God, hardly accords with a good portion of the book of Shmuel, Story of David and Bathsheba, and other stories and David's exile, as a result of that, certainly don't suggest that we have someone who is without blame. So there is a piece of it, actually, that one can find somewhat disturbing, in the sense it sounds a bit self-righteous. I would say that the uh, what emerges from this song, which ends, of course, with the verse, Migdol Yishuot Malkovi Osehesed Limshucho. God is a tower of victory to God's king. Gods deal graciously with God's anointed, with David, and his offspring forever. This uh, reminds us a bit of what we have in the beginning of the book. After Hanin gives birth to Shmuel, she too has a song. And her song also ends with Yitain Malko, B'yarem Keren Mishicho. She says God should give strength to God's anointed and God should uh, assist, uh, give power to the king. Similar ending to what we have here in our song. That does strike me as a bit different. I don't feel that in the Song of Hannah there's a triumphalist element to it. It's more about, the focus there is more about what Chana aspires to. The way God wants to run the world and what Chana aspires to is for a king who will carry out the mission of the king to try to bring God's plan into a reality. The idea of defending the meek and the humble of lowering the haughty ones the wicked ones, etc. That's what Chana's song at the beginning of the book of Shmuel, is is Hannah's aspiration for kingship. So with David, I think it's more complex. Our song is, on one hand, it's a song of gratitude. David recognizes that without God's assistance he would not have succeeded. Uh, It does speak of an aspiration to be pure. I do think the reader of the song in chapter 22 does take note of the fact that there is a dissonance between David's self-description in chapter 22, in the middle of the psalm, and the description of David that emerges from certain sections of the book of Shmuel.